Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding My Fit at 40. I'm Victor. I'm here again with Mike the Bear Bearski. What up, what up? And uh, we're going to have another update and we're going to talk about another week of my journey, the ups and downs of getting in shape at the age of 40 um, after not being in shape for a long, long time. Uh I always try to look at when the last time I was in like decent shape and the number of years is always bigger than I always anticipated <laughs> it to be. I was talking with someone the other day and was like, oh, I mean, the last time I saw 200 pounds was, it was, it, oh man, it was, <laughs> and I, I just kept adding, I was, yeah, the number just kept growing in my head and I was, yeah. yeah that's kidding. what makes it all the sweeter when you see it again. Yeah, that's yeah. the plan. That's the plan. So today we are going to do an update on where I'm at after yep. two weeks. I'm two full weeks in. I'm not going to lie. The second week was not as good as the first week. Um, it was tough. We had some life stuff. And, you know, I've got two kids, as I've spoke about before. And, you know, life happens. Right. Uh, this coming week is going to be a challenge as well. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. And we're going to do, an um, after the update, we're also going to talk about a little bit about what I've been struggling with and what were my successes, what things I felt like I did well this week. And then we have a topic today of finding your caloric intake. Uh, I've been talking a lot about doing the podcast with you, Mike, to the friends and family. Nice. And um, I keep having the same kind of response. It's like, well, how many calories can you do? Or, or some, standard something about question. that question. Yeah, yeah. standard question. Because everybody wants to know how to do it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's, it, that's that probably is a little bit where it stems from. And I was always like, oh, what do you, I mean, because I, I didn't ever, I never thought about that part of right. it because that's what you were for. Yep. Um, when bringing you on, you've done this, set this up for me. Um, that's one of the benefits of having a coach is they do that processing right. for you. But I didn't even think about the idea of like, oh, I would have had to figure that out myself. How would I have come to a number? What number would I have chosen? And why would I have chosen that number as a, a way to lose weight and maintain yep. consistent results? Right. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, about how to find that for yourself if you don't have a coach and you just want a reference point mm -hmm. to start. Um, so we'll chat about that a little bit, and uh, so I guess let's jump right into it. Let's do it. Actually, how was your week, Mike? Let's start with that. Week was uh, solid. You know, standard work stuff, house stuff. Uh, went to Casino, Cherokee, North Carolina this oh, weekend with some friends. That sounds fun. A lot of driving, a couple of days, but uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. I happened yeah. to get a little bit off my normal dietary track as well. But yeah. again, like you just said, life happens, you get back on track. Simple as that. See, everybody does it. Everybody, it's not, does everybody it. has it. Um, so let's talk about where I'm at. Again, we started this whole journey. I was at 246 pounds. This week, I weighed in after my second week at 237 pounds. Wow. 237.4. So that is a loss of 8.6 pounds yeah, so far two weeks. in two weeks. I don't think I would have ever thought that was going to be the result. <laughs> I was really pumped after the first week and didn't expect it that I lost five the first week. So I yep. lost 3.6 this week, this past week. <clears throat> um, didn't expect that kind of results right. that quickly. Uh, and I'm drinking a ton of water. So I, I really want to say it's like just water weight that I lost. But obviously, it's not just water weight. The, the first week or so, if you're being consistent, is a good amount that is definitely going to be a water weight hit. 
but you're in your second week of, of doing something consistently. It's not water weight anymore. So, so if you, you think about, say, let's call half your weight that first week lost is water weight. So that might have been two and a half pounds. The second week, you know, you throw that extra three pounds on top of that. The vast majority of it's going to be fat loss. You're even doing better this week than you did the first week. Fair. Okay. That makes me feel even better. Thanks, Mike. There you Mike. go. You're welcome. You're That's what I'm here for. <laughs> always good at cheering me up, making me feel good. So down that, and the thing that I'm actually more excited about, the, the weight loss is awesome, and I have actually noticed the difference in clothing fit already. Nice. And partly because I also did all my measurements, Yep. and uh, I'm not going to talk about specific numbers because that's kind of boring and there's a whole lot of them, but the one that I'm going to talk about is I lost a half inch on my waist in two weeks. Two weeks. That's insane to me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pumped about that. Like I said, it's just shirts even fit just the hair better at yeah. this point. I don't... I don't know about you. I, I, so I plugged in the photos. I took new photos this week. Um, again, we'll post photos up on uh, on our, the website and social media. I don't really see a difference visually at them. It's And again, it's, it's two weeks. Usually, uh, the, the standard saying tends to ring true. Like it takes four weeks for you to really notice a difference. Four weeks. Eight weeks for that's, your friends that's kind and of 12 weeks for everybody else. So yeah. Four, eight, and ten, is that what you said? Twelve. Twelve. Four, yep. eight, and twelve. That's why you'll see a lot of programs online or 12-week programs, 90-day programs, because that's that's just how long it takes generally to see a, a really big difference okay. uh, initially and really gets people on that track. Okay. I do feel a little like this is going to sound really goofy, at least for me. It feels goofy to say. I feel firmer. Like I feel yeah. like even just like more like like my abs feel tighter than they normally do. Right. So that feels different where it's just, it's a different field. Yeah. If you're watching this, <laughs> I'm doing this weird you know like, wiggle thing. I think thing about it, I kind of feel like that too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's the thing though, because again, you're, you're starting to strengthen everything. Everything we've got you programmed for is to get you consistently stronger over time. Everything is now acting a little more how it's supposed to act. You are standing a little bit taller. You are a little more braced when you move. So it makes sense. Well, we got to get me standing a lot taller because I'm pretty short. So, because <laughs> the way we can get that, the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, squat heavier. Body fights against gravity. I, we might yeah, be able to get you an extra half inch, inch. I don't know. We'll nah, see. No, not like three or four because I could really use a little more height. Um, so, I was really pumped about the half inch Good. loss on my, on my waist. And that was one of the major successes for me. Like I said, I feel like shirt just felt a little different, yeah. a little, little less snug, a little bit more comfortable with that. Um, and going through this past week, I, there was, some, I, I didn't have any moments like I did the first week where I was so sore from right. working out that I right. just wanted to like collapse. Um, I did talk to you about it a little bit before we started. I've noticed that certain are drinking or consuming a lot of proteins, artificial proteins through like the drinks and stuff right. have caused me to get tired. Right. And I felt like that was a little weird. Um, so we've talked about that a little mm -hmm. bit that about some of the, can you quick break down what you think it might be? I mean, we're going to absolutely figure that You're out. careful with calling it artificial proteins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I know That's what you fair. mean, but other people are going to take that All separate right, well, round. Then like, yeah, a, a good high quality whey protein is a legitimate whey protein that came from a solid source of protein, which ends up being, you know, milk, it gets broken down. You have whey concentrate, isolate, whatever. We can do an entire podcast on what protein is at, at yeah, some yeah. other point, but it's a high quality protein that you are shooting for and purchasing. Um, 
Now, when we looked at some of the ingredients from the different bars, you were trying to kind of narrow down what you want to end up going for. Um, you're looking at some whey protein. I'm still experimenting. Like yeah. I bought a bunch of different brands yeah. and I'm trying for flavors. and whatever. Right. Yeah. You're looking at whey concentrates, which are going to have a lower percentage of, of legitimate whey protein compared to like a whey protein isolate, which you're getting even more protein out of. Um, and then you start looking through the rest of the ingredients and some are going to have erythritol or different artificial sweeteners. And some people respond better to those than others. Most people are not going to have an issue whatsoever. Um, then you start looking at the you know soluble fiber levels that are in those and the the soys and the different palm kernel oils and so some bars slash proteins are going to have superior ingredients and the less ingredients you can find on a list which is why it's a shameless plug for Quest here I don't get paid for that but they have fewer ingredients lower calories um, you're looking at just mostly protein fiber and then you have your erythritol in there which is why I like those it's a higher quality protein source with less ingredients for the most part. I feel like that's kind of for any food, the less ingredients. Basically, yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, I've noticed with certain ones that, like I said, that I was yeah. feeling a little tired, sluggish after I ate them. But then I was fine after a little yeah. while. Like, I just started drinking more coffee. So, you know. Right. <laughs> Pick it up. We'll just compensate <laughs> with coffee. Um, yeah, so we'll have to narrow that down and play with it a little bit. And all okay. of this is slight experimenting, especially when you start to bring supplements into the mix. Um, so we just have to really focus on how you feel after doing certain things. And maybe you split up, have a supplement. Instead of putting two supplements together, you have a supplement now, another supplement later. And they can be used for desserts after meals as well. So that's that's very helpful. That's what I've noticed that I've tried to do that a little bit more. Yep. Or like a snack with something else. Yeah. Like I'm running, like yesterday I had to run around a lot. So... My my lunch consisted of a chicken sandwich and a Quest bar. Perfect. That was my entire yeah. lunch. Um, because I was just on the go and had to scarf right. something. Yeah. That's chicken sandwiches is, is my on the go food too. If I'm out and Except about and still not trying a fried to be good, one like I had. Nope, it's fried one too. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. As long as you account for the calories, you're golden. Right. I, yeah. I like a chicken sandwich and fries. And if I do grilled, I'm doubling up the chicken. Say, there's different ways to do that. So you still yeah, get yeah. to eat while you're out. Have a beer with it, you know, but you're not eating the, the rest of it, an appetizer and dessert and, you know, something higher calorie for lunch when you're trying to be good about it. Yeah. So that's what I ended up, like I said, I was I was driving. I had to go. Uh, my brother was coming in. From the, I had to go pick him up at the airport. And so between kids and then adding that oh, yeah. on top of it, it oh, just yeah. that's added that, to. That's why it's so important to have that flexibility and still feel good about it. Yeah. You know, you can get stuff on the go and still hit your goals. Yes. And that. You turned me on to the Quest Bar, so I checked out the Quest Bar and uh, tried it. I had the chocolate chip cookie dough. Solid. It was pretty good. Yep. I enjoyed it, which I was a little nervous. I'm going to tell you this little anecdote <laughs> here. I stopped at that Parker's to get a sandwich, which I was dead set on. I wanted to try the spicy, uh, the Carolina Reaper yeah. sandwich. Nice moves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're going to go, go. It's a bold move, Cotton. And so I got the sandwich. And was like, you know, this probably won't be just enough. Let me do something else. And I didn't want to do anything else that was in the in the food. So I went for the bars. And I was like, Mike recommended and had chatted about these Quest bars. Let me give it a shot. So I grabbed the chocolate chip cookie dough one. We walk up to the counter. I set them down. And the girl at the counter looks at my bar and goes, ill. Yes. What? She was like, ugh. I was like, what do you mean, ugh? That's, she's like, oh, I didn't like the Quest ones. And I was like, 
Did you try all the Quest ones, or did you try one? She and said give up? she tried one. There she you tried go. the blueberry one. She said, and she wasn't a fan. She's like, yeah. well, but maybe you'll like it after she realized my face. Yeah, thank you for your yes, harsh, abrasive you. opinion. Let me yes. just try them all now. I was like, all right. <laughs> I seem I'm very happy about trying this Quest bar now. Thanks. <laughs> totally ruined my mood, but it was good. It wasn't actually bad. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. The chocolate and chip. Actually, I'm good. sorry, but the blueberry muffin one is solid. So. Is it? Yeah. 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 I'm gonna have to try it now. It's good. It's good. So you, Parker's girl. Yeah. And the lemon cake bar. Whoa. To die for. Ugh. Now, stop talking about... I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm all right. right. Um, so, some of the struggles and some of the successes that I had this week, the main struggle, like I had said... Did I say this yet? I don't know if I, in my head I said it. I was struggling this week in the cookbook that we were, were going through as well is that cook once, eat all week. Yep. Ground beef was the main protein yep. source. And so I was eating a lot of ground beef, and I got ground beefed out. <laughs> and I found it a struggle to stay on uh, one of the days early in the week. It was one of the earlier days yeah. in the week. What I had done last week was eat my meal and then eat extra chicken because right. I was, like, still hungry. So I would yeah. eat an extra four ounces of chicken or just, just to keep the protein up right. as well. And I did that the first day or two with the ground beef and my calories, I was barely coming in under. And I was like, whoa, what's happening here? <laughs> so I looked and beef is like double the calories that chicken is. Yep. Now, and why does it taste so good? It's so though, good. Mike? It's why? the fat. It's the fat content. Yeah. But again, like people are going to try and villainize that. Like fat is phenomenal for your hormone levels, your testosterone levels. There's just a balance between uh, how much saturated fat you take in to keep, you know, health levels up um and there's a lot of variables of beef too which how much of the fat have you actually cooked out it's just impossible to really calculate all of that or not within my wheelhouse i'm sure it's not impossible so you just go ahead and say it has all that fat still in it calories are are up for sure but you probably didn't consume as many calories as you thought because some of that fat really does get drained off yeah yes i definitely drained a bunch of fat off of it when i cooked it yeah but I still got beefed out by the like third day, yeah, and that's fourth fine. day, and yeah. I was like, I need to find something. So I think what I'm gonna do is always keep chicken in the shredded chicken. That was really I always easy. recommend that. Yeah, really easy yep. to uh, do some sort of shredded chicken. I say some sort because I went to go get chicken breasts at the grocery store and they were out of them again. So apparently this chicken shortage, a chicken shortage, yeah. that's across the country, is real and hitting. And so I got boneless chicken thighs. Okay. So I'm going to try thighs this week. Nice. Even, um, now, those are going to be higher fat content. I was so going to say they're that. a little higher yeah. fat content, but they're also tastier. So much. Yes. I so love dark meat chicken. Yes. So love we're going to try that this week. We're going to see how this goes. Um, and I'm just going to keep some shredded chicken available that I can eat throughout Perfect. the week. And Perfect. And this week's going to be a little bit different. I'm actually not following the book this week. Because one of the struggles going into my week, which I'll touch on a little bit more later, is my wife is going to be gone for this week. She's going on a birthday trip. She also had a birthday. And this is her trip. I, as we talked about in the beginning of this podcast, went to Vegas for my Vegas, 40th. baby. Yeah. And then came back and we started the podcast and I started getting in shape af- after Vegas. I had, to, <laughs> I had to enjoy Vegas first. Uh, and now she's getting to enjoy her birthday trip. So she yeah. is on her way to her trip currently. And I have the kids by myself for a week, getting them to and from school, as well as trying to find time to do everything else in life. Like, yeah. And including workouts and, and that's, cooking. That's a routine and, adjustment for sure. So this week's going to be a little different. I am trying to do things to 
prep myself for success. Like I said, last week I learned about adding the chicken might be a good thing. So I'm right. going to try it this week, and we'll talk about it next week about how it went mm-hmm. with the chicken. One of the other things that I tried is this week I also paid more attention to my fiber intake because we talked about how the first week I did not even pay yep. attention to the fiber intake at all. I was just trying to understand working out at all yeah. and staying under the calorie uh, that you've set up for me. And I did – that was it. That was enough for me that and, first week. Which is fine. Yeah, you break it down into small digestible pieces and you start to get into the habits. Yeah. That was you, kind you of did my perfect. Plan. Yep. Yeah. I just wanted to build those habits a little bit more and then we can just keep adding a little bit. So I started paying attention a little more to fiber. And so I added – I I got edamame. Okay. They, I was like – I just did a quick Google search. Really high veggies mm-hmm. that have fiber and protein. Edamame was up on yep. there. So I was eating edamame at, with my meals with the beef in conjunction. Instead of doing the extra beef, I would do edamame on the side right. with it. And that was all right. Um, I like the, I enjoyed the edamame. I I couldn't do it consistently. Again, it wasn't perfect. I feel right. like the chicken is tastier and uh, easier for me yeah. to just. It was harder to eat a bowl of edamame just scooping it in my face than it would be to do some chicken. Right. So I'm gonna do a little combo. So I, still, I like the edamame idea. I'm also going to experiment with some more veggie stuff. Good. Because I feel like I can eat more veggies in a sitting, so it's gonna be easier to. Okay. I don't know. I mean, the good thing about veggies is they are a low calorie, you know, they're not very calorie dense and they take up a lot of space. So thinking that you can eat more veggies in a sitting maybe might not I be quite what you like think. Yeah, you might feel like you can. Who knows? Maybe you can. But maybe, but the whole yeah. point of having a lot of veggies, one, it's good for you getting a lot of micronutrients. You are getting fiber, but but that's two. And three, it takes up a lot more space in your stomach. So you don't feel as hungry, especially while you're at a calorie deficit. So I did see this one thing too that as I was I've been doing a lot of research lately into all of this because uh, I don't know if anybody else is like this but I know for myself when I dive into something I like one information I just want to know right. as much as I can and what I really like about working with you and doing this podcast is then I get to bounce all of this off of you and yep. we talk about it and that makes a big difference for me personally but one of the things that I found during my research was that plant proteins, well, this is what it says. So mm-hmm. you tell me what you think about this. Plant proteins we go into are actually, e- no, just oh, okay. the plant protein is easier to digest than a meat protein. That's, it's actually the opposite of that. Really? Mm-hmm. That's not what I found in my research. And, okay. it's, it, and it depends. When you say research, it really depends on what site you're going to. If it's you're, called Google, and I don't remember. Did Google bring specific. you into PubMed in the I actual? I have no <laughs> idea exactly where it took me. Yeah, the, the reason is because of lectins. I did a post on this um, just recently based off a conversation you and I had had about yeah, yeah. lectins in general. Now, it's the lectins around the, the plant proteins that kind of protect them. Um, they're acid resistant. They're protecting the plant from being broken down. You process plant protein at about... 85% efficiency, whereas you pl- process animal protein are closer to 95% efficiency. And you're getting all the essential amino acids in an animal protein, whereas a plant-based protein, you're often missing out on a lot of essential amino acids. So if you're, and again, people will automatically take this and be like, he's anti-plant protein, he, he's anti-vegan, anti-vegetarian. I'm not. Whatever lifestyle you resonate with, go do. It's just about doing it right. So if you are vegan or vegetarian, you need to get those protein sources from plants, from a variety of different plants, to make sure you accommodate yourself for all of the essential amino acids. 
But going back to the original point, no, you, you will always process animal protein more efficiently than plant protein. Well, then that's not what I had seen. Okay. <laughs> See, this is why I talk to you about these things, yeah. Mike. This is what, yeah. the learning experience. And it, it, it's going back through seeing where some of these things are written from. And if it circles back around to somebody who's trying to sell you a book or a lifestyle, you're like, okay, well, well hold on here. Yeah. Let, me, let me see where this came from. It's just a bold statement that is actually very easy to prove or disprove once you kind of dig into the actual you know, PubMed articles or scholarly articles on uh, Google. Understood. Yeah, I feel like, so I play a lot of fantasy football, and one of the things that they talk about is that how you can spin the data to for any yeah. argument that you would like. Oh, yeah. So trying to decipher what is actually beneficial data mm-hmm. and really actually matters, because they do these things called blind resumes with, they'll put up just the resumes, just that stats of two different players, right? and one of them is like a bench player and the other one is a starter yeah but you they make the bench player look better than the starter okay because it's just off of how you display data and what yeah. data you used and, and they call that cherry points. picking you know statements and in, in papers or whatever so somebody can write an entire article that is insanely logical and this makes so much sense and they mm-hmm. cherry pick from a few different research papers to push their point yeah and this happens all the time in the fitness and supplement industry so that people can again sell you something and it's just, it, it sucks. It's a lot of misinformation. It doesn't help people out. So, advertising. Advertising. Such, advertising. Yeah. That's in everything. Every aspect of life. Well, we're here to try and educate people Absolutely. a little bit. Give them some information. Again, if you have any questions on this or you just want to argue the point or you have any yeah. other differences that you've seen and would like to share with us, we want to hear about it. We want to see it. So feel free to message us on our social medias. At Body by the Bear, yep. or at my social media, Victor Solis, or you can email us at findingmyfit at 40 at gmail.com. Shoot us an email, ask any questions yeah. you want, and we will discuss. And I've, I've got no ego about it. I'm, you're very unlikely going to get me into an argument about it unless it's just somebody being rude. Like, I'll have a discussion, and if it turns out that I am wrong on a point, I'll digest that. I'll say I was wrong. Like, I've no ego. So new science is coming out all the time. So we'll bring back the information. If we yeah. find something new, we'll come and share it with you guys so that you guys can get all the information that we have as well. So one of the other things that I feel like has been a success for me is just getting more comfortable with the program. Love it. Yep. I feel like I'm getting better with the idea of a program, yep. fitting it in here and there, realizing that I had more time gaps than I had yeah. assumed I had. Prior to this, I thought my time was pretty spent and I right. wondered where I was going to be able to find these gaps. But once you actually make time and effort for it, you seem to be able to find gaps in life yeah. and everything in and general. Especially when you start to enjoy the process a little bit too. You'll, you'll find even more gaps and be like, no, no, I can get this in. I, this this is keeping me on track. I feel good with the process. Yes, I'm enjoying the lifting. I, good. I, I thought I might, but I'm definitely enjoying the lifting. There's a couple moves that I like. And as we spoke before, I still hate the lunges, but I'm really enjoying the, uh, we did last week, uh, I, I went over to your house yeah. and we did a movement Full assessment. Full movement assessment, yeah. That, that, yeah. Yep. So Mike walked me through all of the compound moves that mm-hmm. I'm doing in my routine and the proper way of doing it, which we're going to have to have a cat podcast specifically oh, on doing just that because absolutely. I learned so much in that time where I... 20 years ago, I was an athlete and right. I was 
athlete and played soccer in high school and did a little bit of lifting and everything that I was taught, I even started college as an athletic training sports medicine major. So I learned stuff in those classes, but everything that I had been taught is kind of counterintuitive, not counterintuitive, but varied now that the science has oh, yeah. changed in 20 yep. years. Shocker. And, and the, the funny thing is too, the textbooks take at least that long to start catching up too. So people are teaching the wrong thing and, and it's not their fault. Like that's, that's what they have been taught to teach for the most part. You have people pushing perfect form, and you could go on YouTube and look up how to do something, and that's that's a starting point. But for somebody to have that mind-muscle connection and really realize where their body is in the space around them, you're missing things. And a lot of people have movement imbalances or muscular imbalances, and they're, they're missing little things that could be... What causes that? Life. You know, you're sitting in front of a desk for, for eight hours a day, and a lot of people would get that internally rotated shoulder and things like that. So that, that kind of person who has this sort of role out... These are overly active and tight, um, and your, your back musculature is not strong. So that's somebody who will automatically likely need a two-to-one pull-to-push ratio just to start evening things out and get that postural control back. So it's little things like that, or, or different sports. Think about somebody who you know, shoots you know, you know, archery for years. Well, whichever arm they're pulling back with that whole time, they're not getting that same amount of pulls on the left side. They're going to have you know bigger right arm, bigger right part on the back type thing. Um, and a lot of people play sports. So it's just life in general will get that. Or in, in, you know, the third biggest one is going to be injury. You know, you get an injury, you start working around that. Your body is now in the habit of working around that. And it kind of shuts off some of those muscles. And now you have kind of an issue with that. That point. was the one thing that we discovered yep. for me. I would, we set up for me to do a squat. Because in my workout prior, I did the squats with no weight. Because right. I didn't trust myself with right. weight to start. So the first time I did it without any weight, I didn't know that this next time I went to do it when we went to do the movement assessment and I couldn't get my shoulder yeah. to bend back. Yep. Had no idea when I did it to bend back to grab the bar it was in pain. It, yep. Yeah, it was really painful. So we had to adjust accordingly. Yeah. So just because you have or you don't have pain from standing and walking doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you don't have... Correct. I, uh, I'd be venture anybody who is not putting work into it has some sort of movement imbalance. But they period. don't even know about. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea yep. that the shoulder that I could Right, and, and we have to adjust because I'm, I'm I would never have you not squat. If you can safely squat, everybody should be doing some variation of squatting. But I can't put you under the bar to squat right now because that's an issue that we need to fix. Otherwise, you're just going to really be pulling on overactive muscles. You're likely going to cause some sort of another injury, and this tightness is going to, you know, create movement uh, you know, instability somewhere else as well that you're now compensating for as opposed to getting through your version of perfect form, which perfect form is another thing too. You can textbook teach perfect form. There is no perfect form. It changes for everybody. There's like a perfect starting setup for you and there's a range of motion that is perfect for you. Having one consistent one that's a blanket throw out for everybody, no. How do you find that on your own? A lot of research, a lot of trial and error. Even myself now, every time I get under the bar for a squat, I'm, I'm tweaking something a little bit differently, trying to find where my best range of motion is, where my best setup is. So it's very difficult on your own. It's, it's worth it to even spend an hour or so um, on any given you know, week or month with somebody who, who a coach is that you, you trust. And that's a very low investment so that you can really get out there and start to move a little more pain-free. Just so you can learn how to do those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So as I get comfortable, it's kind of one of those things you don't know what you don't know until you don't Correct. know it. Until you know. Yeah, until you know. You, you don't know what you, you don't know until you know it. Yeah. It. Nailed yeah. it. 
that. Nailed yeah. It. Okay. Write that down. Right. <laughs> so the more I'm learning, the more I realize I really didn't know anything about a lot of this. And I've discovered that it, as I'm learning, I'm actually enjoying the process of Good. it a little bit more. I love me, that. For me personally. Yeah. Obviously, any of you listening, it could be a different scenario. Could be. I'm enjoying the gym side of it. I know the gym isn't for everybody. I don't also do every part of my workout at the gym. I don't like doing that. I I try to split it up. As soon as I see what the routine is, I'll look and be like, I can do this, 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 and this at the gym. Cool. I'm in and out. I'll do those four things, five things. And the rest of this, I can do this at home. Okay. Boom. Done. And then I split it up. I've been splitting my work up out my work out up into a morning at the gym and then after the kids go to bed nighttime at home do the last of the you've you've accidentally been doing something very beneficial like for for most people it's it's easier mentally and uh, time-wise to just have that block go in and get it all out whereas in all honesty having it split up to two different workouts you're very fresh here and you hit the big move and then you're very fresh here and now you get those moves out of the way as opposed to being slightly fatigued and then going into these exercises slightly fatigued it's fine to do it either way. But the most important thing is intensity per set, as in the pushing within one to three reps of failure on, on any given set, which is enough to tax the body to make changes. At what point, though, should I really be striving for that? Because I feel like I'm in the process of just learning all of this. I haven't really strived right. for that. What, at what point do should you really strive for When the, you're that? comfortable with the movement. Because when you're first starting out, and what I have you doing is we have a rep range for you, and when you can hit all those reps, before adding more weight or more sets now, I just want you to slow the reps down. And as you slow the reps down, now if you can still hit those reps, okay, let's add five, maybe 10 pounds, depending on the move. So we continue to get you progressively overloading every single muscle group you've got. And That's that how the body adapts the best. So the progressive overload doesn't even mean necessarily adding weight. Mm-mm. It, you can progressively overload via time under tension by okay. slowing the rep down, by adding an extra set to the workout because now you're doing more volume. So adding volume, adding intensity via adding the weight. So there's a variety of ways to keep your body progressing. It's, it's what we do the most and consistently. So the consistency and movement as long as we change that variable to keep it getting harder and harder and harder, just even a little bit at a time, that's progressively overloading. That's how the body adapts best. It's not sexy. It's boring for a lot of people when you, when you start to think about it like that, but that's what's going to give you those lifelong results, whereas changing up your workouts weekly or daily is just, it, it's not going to do the same thing. You're burning calories in a sitting as opposed to training. That's the difference between exercising and training. Okay. Spinning off of what we talked about the progression and doing all that mm-hmm. is the one thing that I have noticed. I know it doesn't sound like that because I started a podcast about losing weight. Not everybody's going to start a podcast about it. Right. But I feel like I haven't really changed a whole lot in my everyday life. Yeah. I know I've talked about the workouts and I've added a little bit, but right. that's like two days of the week that I do yeah. that. That's not a whole lot. And there are times where I don't even get to finish the workouts. I mean, this is only two weeks in. Right. And I've had crazy results already. I feel like the biggest part for me of change was paying attention to what's actually going into my face, what yeah. I'm shoving in my mouth, and actually just comprehending what's actually it's, being it, consumed. It's eye-opening. Everybody yeah. can, everybody can wrap really their head around movement in the gym. Yeah, sure, I know I need to work out. But everybody still thinks of that as, I got to go burn calories. You're not really burning that many calories. 
So beating the crap out of your body day in and day out is not the ticket. Now, exercise is insanely important. It's what tells the body, okay, let's preserve all of our lean body mass, muscle, connective tissue, bone density, things like that, and let's target body fat. Because the body does not want to let go of fat. It thinks it's in a famine, starvation, when you just stop feeding it as much as it needs to stay the same. The exercise is a crucial, crucial element. But for you, and this is why I design programs like this, it's the least amount of working out to force your body to adapt. That was Mark Ripito had, had said that, and it's stuck with me ever since then. And it, and it sits. Why would you go 100 miles an hour right out the gate? Because your body will adapt to it or you're going to break down. And if it does adapt to it, now you got to get real crazy with it. Now you're adding chains and, and bands and changing the power curve of, of things just to keep on going. It's too much. It's too much. And it's not... Con it's not sustainable. No. So I, I love the fact that you were telling me right now, this is the first time I'm, I'm even hearing it, that you don't feel like your life has changed much, yet you're still getting results. That's what's crazy to me, especially because, like I said, I'm paying attention more mm -hmm. to how much and what is going in my mouth. Right. But I ate ice cream twice last week. My dude. And yeah. I lost three and a half pounds this week. Yeah. Like, I'm feeling different. I had ice cream this past week. We went out to eat. I devoured a... We went for tacos. I devoured some tacos and guacamole and just mm. went nuts with it and still lost weight this week. Yeah. it That's the part that I'm kind of... Yeah, and, and could you, with. had you been 100% ad adherence to your diet, um, never eaten ice cream or tacos, could you have gotten faster results? Yeah, a little bit. But if it takes you one or two months extra time to get to your goal, but you got to enjoy the entire ride as opposed to adhering to 100%, which, which would you rather take? Because at the end of the year, you'll never have to look back. You'll always know what you need to do. No foods are ever ruled out of your diet. It's a lifestyle we're building here, not an extreme diet program that gets you where you want to be and then you have no clue what to do after that point. And it's like, an education. We had set up a goal for me as to like a target where we're aiming yep. at. But <clears throat> I, what I do feel like at this point, having not feel like I changed a whole lot, is I could stay with just what the little changes that I've done, mm -hmm. and I would probably feel, well, not probably, I will feel yeah. a lot better. Even if I don't change anything else along the way, I'm going to because we are. I'm, we'll looking, change I'm variables. shooting yep. for yep. a bigger goal. But if I'm never changing anything, I just do these two workouts a week and just pay attention to what I'm eating. I mean, obviously, at some point, I would plateau and I would stop losing weight and I would just start maintaining, but... I'm going to be at a way better spot than I was oh, when I started. Oh, yeah. And I didn't change a whole lot. No. That part is in insane to me. And, and you really don't even need to change the fact. Like, if two workouts is, is what sets you up for the rest of your life, that's what you resonate with, you don't have to do more than that. What happens is we will have to eventually change the volume and intensity in those two workouts. So those two workouts may have to get longer because your work capacity has gone up. You're stronger. Your muscles adapt less efficiently to less work. So we just add a little bit, a little bit, a little bit over time. But the good thing is... These, these little things are added. We're going to add one to two minutes on any given workout every, you know, four to eight weeks. So by the end of the year, it's, it's all stacked on so slowly. Like this is just your, this is your life now. You it's know, you may have an hour now. long workout twice a week at this point to, to slam in more volume, more intensity, but you're already used to it by that point. It's not going from 20 to 30 minutes, boom, up to an hour. Small, consistent, repeatable changes is what creates the success. Yes. I don't feel miserable with my life. Love that. Love this that. Past, at least this past week. Like I said, I'm two weeks in. Yeah. The miserableness might be coming. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> you may have ups and downs as far as cravings, or some days you're going to be hungrier than others, but I've got tools for that. So those are, are going to be fleeting moments. There are days that I feel like I'm hungrier than others, yeah. 
I've had moments where I'm like, I am just starving. Right. And then I eat. Right. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm good now. Yeah. But I feel, though, that my number, which this brings us into our next topic mm-hmm. and what we kind of want to talk about a little bit more today is finding your caloric intake. Yep. And the, my number, which is a big topic. Every time I, I've been talking a lot about this. Yeah. I'm one of those guys that I'm involved in this. Very now, gregarious. So I'm, just, I'm just excited about it. Yeah. And I get excited and I want to talk about I it. I love that. Yeah. And so people just ask how I'm doing. I'm like, well, I've started this podcast. <laughs> and so we talk about it. And one of the top questions always is, well, how many calories can yep. you eat? What are you... And I didn't realize how important apparently that is to people to know. It, it, it is because they, they think they can just immediately apply that to their lives. And, and it's not quite how it works, but that's why they want to know. It's kind of an informational thing it for is. them. Yeah. Well, I've been asked this numerous times and I feel like my number is pretty high. Right now I'm set at, you have me set at 2,500 calories. Mm-hmm. And that has been super easy to do. Yeah. But that number is not for everybody. No. So how do you find out what that number is for you? Um, the reason I ask is I've had, like I said, I've had this conversation with a couple people and they've used different calculators yeah. via online or apps, or I'm not going to name anything specific, but they've done different and they're, what it gives them is just, I had someone tell me that it was 1200 calories. That to me was one meal right. that I ate. And I was thinking, I, there's no way I could do 1200. How can somebody do 1200 calories? That seems like if, if a you whole look at, little. It's way too little. If you look at yeah. almost any elimination diet or these things that like the multi uh, marketing schemes are are pushing for their their uh, the thing detoxes and things like that, it's 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 about twelve hundred calories. Yeah, you're gonna lose weight on twelve hundred calories, but you're also gonna be miserable. It's not sustainable. You've learned nothing. You've also eaten through some muscle and connective tissue in that weight. You've lost a tremendous amount of water weight. So it's it's. There have been maybe one or two females that I've ever had to put on 1,200 calories, and that's because they were very petite. You know, so if they needed to lose that last uh, pound or two because they had a boudoir shoot or something coming up was one of them. Um, she did great. But it's even at that size, 1,200 calories is, is fairly miserable. And it wasn't sustainable. They were mm-hmm. doing it for like a specific thing. It was, it was thing. a rapid fat loss for... scenario. Yep. yep. So, yeah, because this just didn't seem logical to me. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to talk about how you go about for you as sure. an individual because that's really disheartening. Yeah. Everybody that I talked to, and it was a couple of people, this, like I said, the 1,200 calorie thing, I had I actually had two people tell me that it was 1,200 calories. They were both females. Yep. Yep. Um, but it just seemed like it's disheartening. Like they were just like, well, it told me that. There's no way I can do that. So forget it. I'm just not going to try. And I don't know if that's what their intentions were, but- that's what I felt like, because if I was told, if you would have came back to me and said, here, you have 1,200 calories, I would have laughed at you and said, never mind, I don't want to do this. Because <laughs> that just, it's... It's lazy coaching is, is honestly what it is. And and I, I want to say... But it's not even coaching. They are they found it through, no, none of them got it from a person specifically. Right, right. It was all through, like but, I said, But there are trainers that do give out 1,200 calories right off the bat, because they know crazy. they're going to get results from it. They can get a quick transformation thing if somebody can stick to it. But you're getting one out of 100 people that they're training that's going to stick with that. But now that's the transformation photo you get that's thrown up. So, but yeah, the apps are going to do that because again, the apps want you using the app. So if you can stick with that and it's a numbers game, then now they have results from that. So um, the, the 1,200 calorie thing, I believe, came from, I want to I say I read that from Lyle McDonald and the statement that he made, because he's very good science-wise, 
was that females shouldn't eat less than 1,200 calories. And don't quote me out if it was Lyle McDonald, it might have been somebody else. Um, so people are like, well, sh well, shit, let's give females 1,200 calories. No, no. And all of these apps are using, I want to say it's one of two or three different standard calculations. And I don't remember the names of them because I don't care about the names of them. They're all plugged in as far as an algorithm. Yeah. Um, and they all, people tend to underestimate the amount of activity they're putting out. Or I'm sorry, overestimate the amount of activity they're putting out. Um, and sometimes even underestimate when they're doing the, cal the, the cat categories. So if you're just doing diet and you plug in your stats, your, your age, sex, um, height, weight, then it's going to give you a number. And then it's going to allow you to say sedentary or moderately active yeah. or active and things like that. And most people just pick sedentary. Yes. Well, if you're starting a workout program, you're not sedentary anymore. So to go to those bottomed out cat you know, calories at that point, you're, you're going to be eating too little. If you say, kick up your step goal to 10,000 a day, and you're working out two to three times a week, you may still have that desk job that keeps you sedentary, but by moving 10,000 steps a day, you're no longer sedentary anymore. You're just not. So you need more calories, but everybody wants it fast. I haven't hit 10,000 once in the past two weeks. I'm I know. just throwing that out for everybody. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I have full I, oversight. I Yeah, he sees all my <laughs> stuff. I know. There's definitely times where I'm like, I feel like I just want to plug it in, even though I didn't do yeah. it, so Mike can see it. That I, Yeah. <laughs> So I haven't ever hit the 10,000. Again, it's kind of tough sometimes. But you're sometimes. still losing weight and you're That's still what I'm shooting saying. I'm for movement. I'm still getting yep. results. I haven't hit the 10,000. Yep. You have me on 200 uh, grams of protein. Mm -hmm. I've hit the 200. I actually just calculated it. Where did I put it? So in the past week, I hit the protein twice mm -hmm. and I hit the fiber twice. Right. In seven days. But you've been somewhat close. And the good yeah. thing is, by giving you a goal... And I even counted the protein twice where I didn't actually hit the protein the second time. But it was like 195, well, and yeah. I counted that. I was like, that's a win. <laughs> that's a win right That there. is a win. Yeah. And I, I give a protein number. If somebody can tolerate that amount of protein, they can eat the amount of food for the most part. I'll give a protein number that's higher than they absolutely have to have. So you're winning more than you think you are. I didn't give you bare minimum for athletic health. You know, you'll see bare minimum health or uh, protein for, for life. Like you would have been given 80 grams of protein for the day. Are you out of your mind? Like you, you can't be athletically healthy and maximizing health. That is just a bottom number that people will now start to quote because that's just for you to stay alive and not die for the most part. We, that's, that's a good goal. Yeah, it is. I'm it's a good starting goal. A good let's starting go past point. that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just a little bit. I'm okay with that. So I want you All to right. thrive. So you, I give you a number that's a little bit higher. So you're shooting for it. If, if I gave you 175, you'd be shooting for that and you'd be coming in a little bit lower than that as well, probably, because it's just trying to put it all in and just get close and on point. So you're doing better than you think you are, okay. if that makes sense. That makes me feel better. But yeah, so I'm, anyway, but I've tried to hit, my point is for anybody listening, like when Mike talks about these numbers, I haven't even hit any of these numbers consistently right the the only thing consistently i've been doing is losing weight right in the last two because weeks. if you think about it, if you were calculating what you were eating prior to starting to work with me you're probably ringing in somewhere between 80 and 120 grams of protein so now by shooting for that higher number yeah you're not quite hitting it but you're drastically outdoing well, what I you were doing, doing prior to now so you are getting healthier you're getting stronger you're losing you're losing weight the other thing that I was curious about that's in these last two weeks I've been really good and paying attention yeah. and plugging everything in I was thinking to myself, I kind of want to eat like I did, like I used to eat, yeah. and just calculate a day of it, just to Do it. see yeah. how much I actually was consuming before. I almost wish, instead of you giving me a calorie, like, it, 
tell I mean, hindsight's twenty. I could have told you to go for a week or two and just, just tell me what you're eating. Every, yep. What you're eating. Yep. I would be curious to know what I was actually yeah. doing. I'm assuming it was like four thousand calories that I was consuming could've almost been. daily because I was gaining weight. So it right. was definitely more because right? Right. I had and, um, and to gain weight gain at weight. 246 pounds, yeah, you you have to eat a decent amount of calories. Yeah, and it was. The biggest difference, I think, for me is I'm not drinking calories anymore. I used to drink, we're in the South, I'm a sweet tea guy, but not even a crazy sweet tea. I drink a lot of unsweet tea with Mm -hmm. like a little bit of sweet tea in it, Right. which I still do that. I'll still do that on occasion here and there. Um, I haven't done in the last two weeks, actually, Uh, but I will still do that. I will add that back in at some point Um, until once I get, I just wanted to dive in with just the water. Yeah, because I also find it difficult to get to the amount of ounces that I need to. And hit I haven't even given you that, a gallon. Yeah, yeah. Yep. if I get to the amount of ounces that I'm going, that I have to drink just water in mm-hmm. the day to be able to hit that marker or get even close to it. And there are some days, just to throw this out there, there are some days that I did hit that I didn't put the last. Okay, all cup right. In that I, I realized that like the next day I was like, <laughs> I'm not putting it in now because he's gonna think I'm lying. I wouldn't but, think you're lying. So, but I I. I have done that. I I just have a big old. Um, it's an uh, Nalgene or o- like Hydro Flask. No, or the O's are the one of those like kind of. It's the Walmart version of the uh, um, what the heck's the the expensive oh one Yeti? that came out Yeti. Yeti yeah yeah it was the it's the Walmart version of a Yeti but right. it's a twenty ounce cup okay and so I just drink that all day and I carry, yeah. I carry it with me and it stays cold throw a couple ice cubes in it Perfect. fill it up and when that's empty just fill it up again and then I just every time I finish it I'll pu- I'll plug it in so Perfect. I do that and occasionally like I said like a bottle of water we went to a re- restaurant the other the other night and I guesstimated how big the cup was that I drank of yeah. water there most of them are pint glasses yeah, so, yeah. it's something like so. I, and I usually try to overestimate the amount of food that I eat so Good. that for the calories. And Good. I try to underestimate the amount of water I drink. Perfect. So that it's probably a little bit more that I'm drinking and it's probably a little less than I'm, that I'm eating. Right. Uh, that's where I'm trying to, I guess, find the middle. So, but I'll let you finish. Yeah, yeah going, going back going to the, back the into calculating the, calories. Yeah, into the, yeah. Finding your own calories. Right, right. Um. So starting with one of those those you know, plugging it into an app or I, I would recommend just going online. I think it's, ca- you know, uh, caloriecalculator.net or something like that. Um, you can Google search it, plug in all your stats. You're going to get your number. Um, that number is still just the best guess. You can take two people who are, are, you know, identical as far as, as, you know, sex, age, weight, um, and height, but their lifestyles are different. So having that same, that same number when they have drastically different lifestyles, they're still going to get the same number. Right, because they're not working out at this point. We'll assume um, they're both going to put sedentary. They're getting the mm-hmm. same number. So, no matter what calculator you use, that number is a best guess. Period. And what people will do is they'll take that number. They may stick with it for a week. They're like, "This isn't working." Okay, I, I'm done with this. Or they'll try something else. Or you know, you know, they'll even change to different calories. I'm like, "Well, this isn't working either." It takes two to four weeks of doing something consistently to start to really see whether or not those those numbers are going to work. Like I won't change your calories for at least that first month because I want to see what your body does. Now, I've gotten better at this point, you know, having coached 100 plus people, I I will look at that number and be like, well, they're, they're moving less than that or I'm increasing movement here. They have a higher percentage of body fat. 
they don't need as many calories to sustain the body fat, if that makes sense. So once somebody gets to a certain level, they're going to get, whether they were you know 10% body fat or 60% body fat, they're going to get the same number based off of that weight. So I will then adjust via protein needs and calorie needs based off of the person. But I, I know how to do that because of having worked with a variety of different people. So for the average person to go out there, the best thing they can do is, one, track their intake for a couple of weeks. Everything that goes in your face. And just like you did. Regardless under, of trying to hit calories, just Regardless. Just regardless. Start, yeah, because good, that, that tells you data. what you're doing on the front end. And now you can see the data that shows how far you've come and how much of a change you have to make uh, on a regular basis in order to chase down that goal you're looking for. But it takes consistency of tracking because, I, I, again, one of my last posts was intuitive eating. Every, a lot of people are pushing this intuitive eating, but we're not intuitive about it. We have hyperpalatable foods that are filled with you know, carbs, fat, and salt, which nothing wrong with any of those things, but They're you throw delicious. them all together. All those things are delicious. They're delicious. And they tell the body, eat more, eat more, eat more. It's, you can't intuitively eat in that scenario. You just can't. Yeah. So intuitive eating is the goal, not the first step. You need data. You have to track. Otherwise, you're, you're going blind. And that's why people change so often because they're not seeing the results. Um, they're drastically underestimating the amount of food they're actually taking in. You know, people will go and scoop a, a thing of peanut butter out and it's, they use a tablespoon, but it's a heaping tablespoon. You now have four to 500 calories of peanut butter where that you, you have to scoop that, level shave off. it off completely level. Now you have your 200 calorie or 180 calorie scoop of, of peanut butter. It's people are, are over or underestimating the amount of calories they're consuming. That's one of the biggest reasons why people don't lose weight even when they're tracking. So you have to be consistent. You have to weigh. And it doesn't take as much time as people think it, think it, it does. It hasn't. It doesn't. It is a little annoying because for me personally, I know I track it before I eat it. Right. And I'll have it and then I punch it all in because I've tried a couple times to be like, oh, I'll eat and then I'll go back and I'll be like, right. wait, what was in that? Wait, what did I eat? Did I eat that? Wait, what was? And I just struggle trying to right. remember what it was actually in what I ate or what I had. So as soon as like food comes, I'm like, all right, it's this. How much do you think this is? Probably that? Okay. Okay. And it takes, yeah. but it takes a couple of minutes and the more I'm doing it, the more comfortable and the quicker I'm getting at it Correct. like anything else. Just like anything and else. And I'm only two weeks in. Yeah. And um, in that first 30 days when you've built up your food database in the app, it's, it's even faster. If you're eating similar things on a regular basis, using when you go out or having dinners for your little bit of variety, like even myself, for the most part, I'll eat the same breakfast and lunch because I, I, know how to track it. I can just swipe it over from the previous day, but I've made sure the two meals that I actually really enjoy. Yeah. And I'll swap that up every once in a while. I was going to say, I personally don't know if that'll work for me. I, I eat varying of the same thing. So like right. usually every morning for breakfast, I'll have two eggs yep. and a tortilla of some sort. Tortilla and two eggs and then what else goes with it is a little different here and but, there. But that's fine. So. You're still eating a similar thing but just changing minor variables. So overall calories are not going to change that drastically. Yeah. Yeah, it's still about the same. Um, the one thing I have noticed for me and one of the things that has really been helpful in keeping in this caloric intake is trying to find the foods that have what I, the nutrients that I need that I enjoy. Yeah. Because it's also not the same. Like I said, I ground beefed out to this past yeah. week. So it, that didn't work for me as well. Right. Um, but what I did notice, I had, when we went out for tacos, I had a side of black beans, and they were high in calories, mm -hmm. but it had a lot of fiber, it had protein Correct. in it, it had a lot of stuff Correct. that was in what I, and I was, I was like, I, I mean, I'll eat 
a bowl of beans, no problem. That's absolutely one of my things. Black I beans love are one beans. of my favorite. Black beans, they are yeah. very nutritious and they hit a lot of the markers that we're shooting for. Yeah. So I'm going to try and add more black beans into my diet and regularly nice. just because that's something that I really enjoy and yeah. can eat really consistently. And, and because I don't cap you on carbs or fat, you take in whatever appeals to you as long as you've got enough protein got enough fiber and you hit your calorie goal or or slightly under so that's what i'm going to incorporate into those breakfasts Beautiful. with the is some black beans actually a little bit combo have you ever heard of this thing called cowboy caviar have you ever heard of i have not so we did we stumbled over it the one time my wife and i we were looking for something else yeah it's kind of like a salsa meets a dip thing okay but basically you take beans corn dice up bell peppers I don't use green bell peppers personally, but I use I like the colors. Yeah. So we'll use red and uh, orange or yellow. Nice. Dice up some bell pepper, about a half a pepper each is usually what I use. Uh, avocado diced up and tomato. And you just mix it all. You, dra- you drain everything yeah. and rinse the beans and everything. Throw it all together. I even I, the tomato, I buy a can of diced tomatoes and I'll rinse those, throw that in. Yeah. And then... A bunch of spices like chili powder and some paprika and whatever kind of we found a spice mix that right, right, right. For that us. works for you, yeah. Oh, and some cilantro goes thrown in as well, yep. and then red wine vinegar. Nice, and mix that bad boy up and just let it marinate and sit, and you just use it. We you can use it as like a dip with chips and right. stuff. What we use it for is to flavor foods. So prior to even doing any of this, we used to make that all the time. And would add it to the eggs in the morning. Right. And put a little bit of that in with... That sounds banging. Put it on yeah. top of chicken. I would grill some chicken, throw that on... Or bake some chicken and throw a scoop a scoop of that on top of right. everything. And that, for me, has been huge. So, actually, I have the ingredients that I'm going to set that up because that's something that could just sit in my fridge and I can just pull out and eat yeah. some of it with my meal. And how do you track that? That's what I was just going to say. I got you. That's yeah. the tough part for me for this and, week. And it, it's not. Like... It, Basically, you take that recipe that you use, plug it in as a recipe into to the app, okay, and then you know by weight, and then you just take your your plate, put it on the scale, zero it out, put it in however much you want, and just track that. Now, is it going to be exactly right? You're going to have exactly the right same amount of corn, avocado, yeah, 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 tomatoes no, each time. No, but, but it's close enough, give you and you're consistently reference. doing the, a similar thing. You're fine. Okay, that's it. And again, people will start to nitpick and get down to the exact calorie. But if you are still losing weight. You're feeling good, you're getting stronger, you're still moving, and you're eating somewhat consistently and measuring consistently with that stuff. It doesn't have to be down to the exact calorie. So knowing that, you'll obsess a little bit less about it, get your your rough weight as best you can, move on with your life. That's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to not obsess about mm-hmm. it because it's easy with numbers. To it is, and you're a numbers guy, in. so that, yeah. that does make sense. I and mean, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, you, you do the best you can, but when you're, you're also highly intelligent. So when you realize, like, I can't get more precise than this, Write it off. I've had enough. Weigh as best you can and move on. Other stuff that on my plate that I, just uh, this is one thing that I'm trying really hard not to right. obsess over, just because of the idea of I I still want to be able to enjoy and eat yeah. and just kind of. So that's also for me personally. I know I don't come in. I try not to come in right at my calories. Mm-hmm. I've been a few hundred calories short right. almost every day. Yep. Um, Almost on purpose, yeah. Kind of not on purpose, but on purpose because there are times where I'm like, "Oh, cool! I'm like two, three hundred. Well, I was probably off on a little bit of something somewhere, so yeah. that probably compensates for those. And, couple that, and that's calories. fine. The only time that becomes not fine is if 
cravings are, are way up and energy or libido um, are down and you're not losing weight for whatever reason or you're losing too much weight. Like there's a ton of different variables that will signify that something's not quite right. And then that, that would be the first thing we do. Okay, let's try and track a little more precisely or try and hit your calories so you're not as hungry at that point. But that's as easy as at the end of the night having a piece of fruit and a little bit of protein and you're golden. It doesn't yeah. have to be a big, big change. It just has to be something small that kind of let's try this out for a little bit. The human body is so complex and having this two-way conversation is what creates that really, really beneficial um, you know, coach and coach E relationship. You can't just give somebody some stuff and all right, take off. Let's handle your own problems as they come up. It, it doesn't work. You, you've hired me for a reason because I know these things and you don't yet. Yeah, yeah. And if anybody needs some information, there are a million places to find some mm -hmm. information. One of them being, Mike, you can shoot messages or questions. Absolutely. I'm happy to answer messages. Come He's at really me. good about it. Oh. So quick synopsis of what we talked about. A couple, I do this to you every week couple points specifically about finding your caloric intake if you ever give me a quick three bullet points what should i do to try and find what my caloric intake should be to okay. start out basically first off uh figure out a basic level of activity minimum two days a week of working out with weights start to hit eight to ten thousand steps a day now we can select moderate on when you do your calorie calculations okay that's a baseline for me not working out doesn't really work for people um quick segment back on the workout what do you classify as a workout if i'm doing obviously i'm going to the gym and doing stuff but if somebody right. at home if they're doing like my wife really likes to do the jillian michaels workout does or and then jillian michaels i think has like that seven and nine minute and ten minute workout thing something like that yeah, yeah. which which one of the, does that count do you count that as a day of work it counts enough for somebody who was a very very so much a, be starting a beginner okay. other than that my ultimate recommendation is always going to be compound moves so basically multi-joint moves your deadlift your squat your bench press your pull-ups and things like that and people are like well i can't do those things yeah but you can do a variation of that taxes the body within, you know, at least a few reps of being like, okay, I won't be able to do more if I do more than this, essentially. Yeah. So you're taxing the body enough to make it make it adapt. So two workouts a week of whatever you were able to get up to from at just a little bit to maximizing those workouts. Okay. That's wherever you're at. Um, then plug in the calculator and whatever it gives you at that that moderate, you know, workout level, start with that. And do it consistently for at least two weeks. And let's see what your body's doing. And then you adjust. And nobody wants to do this long-term plan, and I get it, but adjust by one to 200 calories in either direction. If you're not losing weight, take 200 calories off. If you are losing weight, stick with it. That's it. I had a question in my head that is just escaping me as I went to go talk to you <laughs> about the calorie intake. Um... I guess wasn't that important. That works. So stick with find a. So you still recommend using calculators, but just start it, with the moderate. It gives you a starting point. And just knowing, you, yeah, you can't just know a starting point. You need something, and they get you ballpark. It's just fine tuning at that point, and it's going to be a little bit slower. Lot probably on on your own. That's again, that's why you're you're here with me. So that'll fine tune the process. But this this can be done at home. And why am I giving out all these secrets? Because what really ends up paying off in dividends tends to be accountability with people. If you can do it on your own, I want you to do it on your own. Don't throw, throw away your money. If you can handle this on your own, why spend the money? Yeah, totally. Seriously. But if you need the accountability and you need to invest in yourself in that front, then that's something you need to pull the trigger on. 
I recommend if you struggle with accountability to start a podcast because there's nothing Smart. more accountable nothing more than having to talk about it every week <laughs> and knowing I'm going to have to talk about it. I better pay attention yeah. and actually do it this I'm going to recommend this to all of my clients. That <laughs> yeah. is perfect. But uh, I, it's been a fun process. It's be, it is a fun process so far. It is. It, uh, is. it is definitely easier to laugh and talk about it and when you've had success. Two weeks in, I can't believe... I've had the success I've had. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to keep moving forward. I'm looking at myself in the mirror, imagining what I will look like a year from now and getting excited at just the idea and the concept of it. So to branch back to what I had said earlier, by the way, my goal is to get under 200 pounds. I haven't seen under 200 pounds in over 20 years. Then you're due. Piece of cake. So I'm thrilled. I'm excited. Another great episode with my man, Mike the Bear, Bearski. Uh, again, I'm Victor Solis. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have questions, shoot us an email at uh, findingmyfit at 40 at gmail.com or hit Mike up at the Bear, Body by the Bear, body by the bear. on yep. Instagram, on Facebook. You can shoot him a message. You can find me on social media as well. Find my band, Keystone Postcard. And my name is Victor Solis. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next week. See ya.